fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Wolfpack, what's going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, RotoStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves here with the third and final big board update of the preseason. Now, I might still make some ranking changes here and there. There could still be some breaking news. There could be practice injuries. But in terms of preseason action, this will be the final game set of games to update. There's only three this three weeks this year instead of four. So we had all the action in the books. There was plenty of important takeaways, not quite as many as the last few weeks. We want to get right into them going over all the risers, fallers, and especially this week, injuries, unfortunately. Now, if you're here with us live and you don't mind giving us a thumbs up to help get us out to more people, it'd be so appreciated. If you're catching the replay, same thing as well. Shares, retweets, all that good stuff to continue to help the pack grow would be awesome. And then after we get through all these rankings, I would, of course, be more than happy to answer any questions that you guys have. But let's dive right in to all the risers, fallers, injuries, sleepers. And nothing was bigger this weekend than J.K. Dobbins and his torn ACL. He is done for the season. It is gut-wrenching. It sucks. It, I I didn't draft too much of him. I, this isn't the time to like talk about who owned what. It sucks. It's a young talent that was surging, and y- you hate to see it. There's apparently LCL complications as well. So this thing could truly alter his career, which sucks, because as a pure runner, this guy was a stud. He truly it was an amazing talent to watch, great in the zone, great in the power. It's It sucks. It, it, there's no two ways around it. Now, the fallout, of course, is what happens here. This guy was going in round three. What happens with Gus Edwards? So I'm going to show you here. I bumped Gus Edwards all the way up here to 47 overall. That's plus 43. His ADP right now, I took him in round five of a draft I did this weekend with some Teach for America buddies here. Um, as my RB2 in a standard league, the guy is going to get fed. The Ravens rank top, number one, the top of the charts for three straight seasons, over 33 rush attempts per game in all of those seasons, averaging right around 540. It's insane. And sure, a lot of that did go to Lamar, but even two seasons ago before Lamar was starting, they had Joe Flacco. They led the league with 33.8 rush attempts per game. So they are going to want to run the ball with Greg Roman and Gus Edwards is going to be at the top of that totem pole. Now, anytime he's seen 15 or more carries, he is averaging in those nine games. It's happened nine times over 94 yards per game. Saw the most goal line carries last year. He can do it all. He can run. He can score. He can sneaky catch. It's not great. It's certainly no Alvin Kamara. But the bus is a steamroller that can be dangerous when he gets out into space. So 47 overall as a nice RB2. If you miss out on those elite top 17, top 18, sliding in right around this range here. Now, I'll just kind of note here, if you're live with us or watching the video, I normally adjust the rankings live, but as we're getting closer to the season, I make sure to try to update them in real time. If you were drafting on Saturday night, you needed J.K. Dobbins off your board. And so I try to do that. I won't be moving things around. I'm just going to kind of show you how things shook out in these injuries. So Gus Edwards certainly uh, rises significantly, but this has been a committee-based system. So you have to wonder what else is around here. Who else could step up? There's a good chance they'll trade for a veteran, maybe Mark Ingram reunion, maybe Adrian Peterson. They did work out Todd Gurley, who speculated to be going there. But if nobody else is brought in, Tyson Williams, rookie here, has been very, very impressive. In the last contest, four carries, 42 yards, and they kind of pulled him out almost suggesting this guy might be the next man up. So as a really late, late last round penny stock dart throw, I think Tyson Williams should be on your guy's radar. He has now racked up 24 carries across the three preseason games. He's gone 42 yards, 47 yards, 41 yards. So he's well over 130 yards on the preseason. In addition to adding seven receptions for 38 yards, he can do it all. He, he is a true 
three-down guy. They've raved about him throughout camp. The most impressive player over the two preseason games are what the beat writers are speculating. They're saying he's been better than Justice Hills, who I think a lot of people are assuming would be the next man up. It's looking like Tyson Williams, if no moves are made, would be number two to Gus Edwards's number one. Uh, but still, again, prayers up for a speedy recovery for J.K. Dobbins. Uh, it sucks when any young talent like that this early in his career, you hope he just recovers. Just like Adrian Peterson said in his tweet, comeback season even stronger. Uh, we can hope that's the case for him. Now, T.Y. Hilton also getting hurt over the weekend, suffering a neck injury. There's no official timetable on this one, but they're saying he is going to be out for multiple weeks, potentially months. This guy is an older receiver, and he has been relatively durable. I think there's this like misconception that T.Y. Hilton, oh, another T.Y. Hilton injury. He's played all every season, missed like no more than one in almost every single one of his professional seasons. So this is kind of an anomaly. He's going to miss this much time, but that of course boosts up Michael Pittman, someone I hadn't been all that in on because they love to spread the wealth. They always, Frank Reich, whether it's through his running backs, we saw how mind-numbing with Jonathan Taylor last year, or his receivers, he likes to just kind of keep defenses on their toes but they don't really have anybody else at this point with no more T.Y. Hilton. Gross tight ends. They do love peppering tight ends, Frank Reich does. But Jack Doyle, like Kyle Granson's a rookie, maybe. But Pittman's could emerge. It should emerge as the clear-cut alpha. They've raved about how physical this guy has been in camp, setting the tone alongside Jonathan Taylor. They're saying that class has kind of changed the identity of this team. Pittman being the receiver, laying people out downfield, just kind of earning his praise the hard way. And that's the type of stuff that coaches will love and want to get this guy the rock more often if he is doing those great hard nose things in practice and preseason games. So as you can see, I'm now up 22 spots on the ECR. Before I had him at like 130 or so. So I, he leaped up the board. Always loved the talent. Loved him coming out of USC. All those Michael Thomas comparisons. Maybe even more physical Michael Thomas. Certainly not as talented or smooth, but just a, a bigger, strong, like he, he's a beast. So I'm intrigued to see what Michael Pittman does. Certainly rose a significant portion on my big board. I can show you where he falls among wide receivers now. He's kind of in that like wide receiver four. If I had to flex him, I would be more than okay with it type of tier. I'll show you guys here um, right alongside the Gallops, the Marvin Joneses, the Charks, the Marshalls, who we're going to just talk about in a second. Uh, th these guys are rising fast. Now, one other big injury. There was Evan Ingram, but uh, yeah, I, I wasn't really in on any Giants other than Saquon anyways. Hope he recovers as well. But Irv Smith, a tight end, I was very much in on. Uh, and this is very unfortunate. It's too bad to see. The tight end pool gets thinner. He was my tight end 12 here. And after his removal, you know, I still had firmly said Logan Thomas or just bust. It sucks. You, you get one of these top seven guys, really ideally a top six guy here. But now without Irv Smith, it's that much more pressing to get one of these top seven guys. Meanwhile, and I might have to adjust a little bit more. Obviously, Jade Sheth, 2K, love that narrative coming up. Already a little bit higher on him by having him above DK Metcalf. Is it time to bump him above Hopkins? I think that might be getting a little too cute, but maybe not. Uh, who I do think takes a really big bump up, and I'm going to have Adam Thielen now land right under T. Higgins. That's one of the adjustments I still need to make here. A touchdown maven, Adam Thielen is. Irv Smith was eating into that. They were saying he was the most dominant red zone receiver in training camp, in practice, had a great rapport with Kirk Cousins there. He looked great in the, the preseason game too, by the way. Had some great run after the catch uh, moments in that game. It really sucks that he got hurt. Truly thought breakout Irv season was upon us. But now those touchdowns, it, obviously, Jefferson has some room to grow in his touchdowns. That's why I think he could be a fantasy monster this year. If he repeats that 1,400 but then goes for 10-plus TDs, ooh, totally within his realm of possibilities. But also, Adam Thielen has been so good in the red zone the last few years. This certainly boosts his value up just a bit more. I'll have him land you know, right around Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins. He's already pretty high up there. I think overall is where that change is going to happen for him, though. So three huge injuries if you haven't already noted them, most of you should probably know this by now, but just wanted to reiterate those for you guys and show you what the impact was on my big board. Now let's talk about some quarterbacks who rose or fell through my rankings this week. Keep those questions coming in, guys. As you know, I'll get to them all. If you're catching the replay, shoot it in on the comments. I'll get to those as fast as I can. 
um, after the, this is posted live. But get them all in. I know it's draft week, so whatever questions you have, I am more than happy to answer with you live here today. All righty, Sam Darnold. Now, there's something in particular. So I have him at 25 here, bumped him above Watson. There might be a little bit of movement here, though. I might. Ah, this is a really tough tier to sift through. Now, Kirk Cousins loses a big weapon. I'm already a little bit lower on him. I don't know my feelings on Tua. Like, this is a tough tier for me to sift through. So I'm more than open to opinions, whether, again, in comments or in the, the questions right here, what you guys are thinking. But what I loved about this performance, the final stat line looks great. Uh, you know, it, you box score gazers are going to be like, yeah, look at that, 19 to 25, 162, two TDs in a quarter. Ooh, Sammy Donald looking great. But this is why it's even better than just looking at the stats at first glance. First, he was a little jittery in the pocket. Sam, I'm feeling ghost Darnold's coming back uh, on long developing plays under center, just looked unsettled. So what does Joe Brady do? Again, one of the best play callers, I think, right now in the game. Uh, he goes into a quick fire, no huddle, strike and attack, get this guy in a rhythm. And Darnold just lit it up. He really calmed down, had looked in full command of this offense. And that's what you want to see. That's what Adam Gase never did. He'd have a great first script. Darnold would come out, score a touchdown, light it up. And then he would never adjust to play into Darnold's strengths. Always, ugh, I don't want to get into Adam Gase. We, we've already lived that nightmare. Let's get out of here. But I liked to see Joe Brady conversely adjusting to his quarterback, doing what his quarterback does well. Would you be shocked if they come out no huddle and just force it down the Jets' throat in week one as a Darnold revenge narrative and Darnold hums like five TDs? Not at all. One of my favorite week one starters, a guy that's rising significantly up the big board, pretty much going undrafted in almost all the early like hometown leagues I've done. I know in best ball he'll typically go, but a guy that very late can be a nice bridge to a Trey Lance, a Justin Fields. I want to continue to reiterate that every single live show we do that you need to get one of those rookie guys with that Konami upside. But Darnold has added to that Fitzpatrick, to that Big Ben tier of guys that can really get you to those starters. Um, an easy early season schedule. Love what I saw. I mean, that nice, beautiful back shoulder toss there uh, to, to Robbie A. Beautiful, beautiful stuff there. I love to see that play call of making adjustments. Now, Trevor Lawrence, I then bumped back up. I, I really knocked him down pretty hard to like 27 earlier. I still don't know. I still think he's a little overrated. I bumped him up to 18, and I'm still minus three on the ECR because I think this team, and I just talked to John Shipley just a few hours ago before this, they're going to be among the most run-heavy teams in the NFL. Daryl Bevel led the league in pass attempts. Last time he had a rookie quarterback. Urban Meyer's offense is based on the run. This is going to be an offense that thrives through James Robinson as its centerpiece. But Trevor Lawrence showed us why the, the play action could be so deadly. That deep arm was on full display. After this offense had looked just sh so atrocious, Lawrence himself not looking good at all. He goes 11 of 12, 139, two scores and three drives. Uh, it was a beautiful thing. And that was without his starting line, like only one of his starting linemen was playing. No Marvin Jones, no DJ Chark. And Lawrence is still carving up. It's the Cowboys. I mean, we shouldn't go crazy. It's the fucking Cowboys. Disgusting defense over there. But still, it was what you wanted to see of this guy. He finally looked like he's the true number one pick. The best guy since Andrew Luck to come out of college. He looked great. You have another quarterback in this deep pool. Another reason why you should wait on QB unless you're in two QB formats. And another guy that's looking more viable than I would have expected I, I, this one I'm like up in the air on. I think part of it was a test to Baker. Like, how would you handle if we go more pass happy? We are facing the Chiefs in week one. We're going to probably need you to sling that thing, Baker. How are you going to do? I did love they open it up with 11 passes versus five rushes, and Baker looks solid six to 10, you know, 60% meh. But he, he was pushing it downfield 113 on that six completions, including a touchdown as well. This was without Odell or Landry out there. He's still looking solid as he moved that ball down the field. They're talked a lot about how they want to put the reins more in his hands and let Baker start to win them some games instead of overly relying on the run game. I'll believe that when I see it. Why do you take the ball out of Nick Chubb's hand? I don't know. He wasn't playing. So I, I, this is a little bit one that I'm a little sketchy about. But in games, like against the Chiefs, when they're going to need to throw, it was good to see them go pass heavy, to go no huddle, to push the pace. 
Uh, Kevin Stefanski has that in his arsenal. When you have such a dominant run game, you're going to get so many favorable looks there with Baker Mayfield. Just intriguing, a guy, a thing to note that watching him push that passing volume, I still think they're going to be bottom half of the league in pass attempts, top five in the league in rush attempts. But Baker could that that could lead to some just great real life performance. I still question the fantasy viability, but it was good to see them with that philosophy. I also I'm trying to decide what to do with Dak, and I'm I'm more than open to your guys' opinions here. I have him at 11. I know it's minus six the ECR. I think after these latest reports, I'm going to bump him back into this tier, maybe at six with Justin Herbert. But this is just I'm getting you know, he's good to go according to Kellen. More according to Mike McCarthy, uh, but a part of me is like, I want to see it. I wish I could have seen it in a preseason game. They're saying at practice, your 20 yard passes, zipping it around the yard, looking great. So I am going to be bumping Dak up. So this is one that I still need to adjust. I would say he's going to probably fall right here around QB six or so QB, maybe right behind Aaron Rodgers, QB seven, QB eight range. I just still have my hesitation. You need multiple MRIs. They're saying he might not be 100% all year. Ah, I, I'm i I'm nervous. I, I got to admit it. I'm a little bit nervous about uh, Dak Prescott. So I, will I bump him above Tom Brady, the next man on the list? I mean, he is dialed the fucking Tom Brady, looking like the GOAT. What was it? One incompletion on Sunday, throws 80 yards and a touchdown to, to Godwin. Gets you know Antonio Brown involved. Gets Evans. These weapons are crazy. It seems like that offense didn't really find its stride till midseason, and then Brady after that bye week, him and, and Arians talked about what do you like most. Let's get it all together. What what do we have to do to get this thing truly working? And at the end, from week ten to seventeen, he's on pace for five thousand one hundred nine yards, forty six TDs, eleven ints. Was the quarterback five in fantasy points per game after that bye week? absolutely crushed it once he finally got his footing in this Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit attack. Just good to see him picking up where he left off, not showing any signs of decline. If anything, the ball is zipping out of his hand even faster with that knee taken care of. I think you're in for another great season of Thomas Edward Brady, the third, the best there ever was. Oh, I love Tom. I, I wish he was still here. Let's go to running backs though. Let me know if you have any questions on those quarterbacks. If there's anything you think, I overlooked, but my first big riser is Raheem Mostert. You know, what? I'm I'm going to pull up. There's some adjustments I need to make. Uh, I guess I did not bump up Mostert nearly enough, but goes seven carries, 52 yards, yards per clip, what, 7.6 that amounts to. And what I really liked is Trey Lance was in. You just saw what the impact would be on defenses, how wide open these lanes are. And there's not any, you know, maybe – Mostert might be the most dangerous running back if you give him that type of space. He certainly is among the top three fastest running backs in the league, just a hair slower than Tyree Kill at the running back position. Remember, this guy had the two fastest attempts among running backs in weeks one and two when he was healthy last year. That's the rub. It's a sports car. It's probably going to break down at some point. But until it does, you're going to get some monster games starting with Detroit week one. Uh, he's the clear starter. He played, he got like the same type of treatment as George Kittle. Plays a series, looks great. We don't need to see any more from you, Mostert. That back injury that people were talking about ain't a thing. So yeah, I, I'm bumping Mostert up, uh, even above Trey Sermon. And it, I think another reason why I'm bumping him up too is Sermon has an injury history. I didn't really realize this. I got a shout out. Uh, I forget the guy's name on Twitter. Called me up for me like, you're calling out Mostert's injury history. What about Sermon? He had like six separate injuries in college. Like we all assume, oh, Mostert's going to get hurt, and then it's the sermon show. What if the opposite happened? Mostert would go completely bananas. Yeah, somebody else would come in, like Eli Mitchell, something of that nature. But still, uh, you know, Mostert could get 15, 20 carries a game, sports car. And again, it was more so the biggest bump about this all is, again, Trey Lance being a quarterback, the massive cutback lanes that opened up, and Mostert just showing that classic – what we've come to know him for that trademark vision and get up and go. The acceleration is just insane. So I love Mostert round five, six at this point, like great value was an awesome value in early drafts. He's falling around eight insanity, but yeah, he's getting bumped as the, the clear starter. 
my opinion. Let me just do Dak real quick and see where I want to take him up. But let me know. Do you think I'm too crazy? And in behind him, you know, Sermon looked pretty good. He had the entire second season, the second uh, series to himself. Nobody else rotated in. So it's clear, you know, it's going to go Mostert, then <clears throat> Trey Sermon. That's kind of the uh, the rotation. He had seven carries, 37 yards. So a nice, you know, over five yards per clip there for Trey Sermon. Looked bruising while doing it. Brings a different element to just kind of batter defenses. So I still like Sermon. I think this offense could just be so run heavy. And that's what I'm going to be bumping down Brandon Ayuk a little bit. I have him the highest of all their wide receivers. And yeah, I love the talent. But I think this offense, as much as it can, is going to flow through these running backs. Let me get Dak back up here. Um, so minus three ECR still with the risk, but definitely worth bumping into this like league changing upside QB one for Dak. Uh, but Mostert, great bump up. Trey Sermon also looking solid there. Um, wanted to bring that guy up for sure. Let's get on to the next running back. This is getting nerve wracking here. DeAndre Swift. There's at least some concern over Swift's week one status. The way Campbell talks about it, he sounds like pissed about it too. It's not, this isn't a guy that was on his original draft. This is a new coaching staff. He's the incumbent. It wasn't someone they drafted and he's getting frustrated. Oh, well, we can't really put him out there in week one if he's never going to be at practice. And whether that's fair, justified, I don't know. But as you can see, I bumped him down, you know, below all these veterans, Carson, Montgomery, Robinson, and I'm getting damn close to bumping him down here. Now I'm starting to see him fall to round five. That is insane. Even if he misses two, three weeks to begin the season, this guy led fantasy running backs in points per touch and the historic trajectory of running backs that have done that is very, very good. Like they consistently become breakout stud players. So I'm not going to go any lower than 18, but he's in that, you know, where it was like round three, I'm targeting him. I want him. Now it's more so like if he falls to mid four, certainly if he falls to five, that's kind of where I've ranked Swift. I still think he has 70, 80 catch upside, but that's he's fallen. It's getting nerve wracking. He might not even play in week one. And that does give Jamal Williams just a little bit of a bump up. I, I did bump him up already to 35 here. Uh, I still think Sony has a little more upside and Connor could score a ton of touchdowns. Uh, but I, I think that is some real upside. Now, AJ Dillon, I do love, but he belongs in this tier of like upside twos. And Melvin Gordon, not going to get bumped up any higher. This is where he's at. Uh, before, but he comes on in. Let me uh, pull up Melvin Gordon. Looks healthy, looks spry, looks powerful. Four missed tackles, forced five carries, 35 yards. Also, Hall's in his only target for four yards. But the reason I'm not bumping him up is they arrested Javante Williams. They gave Javante Williams their, like, their true starter treatment. Now, part of that might be Gordon hadn't played the preseason. They wanted to get some reps under him. Yeah, that that's a viable narrative. Probably a good part of the narrative, yes. Still, it's, it tells you how much they value Javante to give him the night off. You've done enough. We've seen what we need to see from you. I don't know if he'll be named the starter ahead of Gordon quite first week, but this suggested he's already ahead of him. Whether he's actually the first one out there or not, I think Javante Williams from day one is getting more work, and that's huge. That's why he's all the way up here at 23 with the upside to leap right into this like top 15 range. For sure, if he takes over, but Gordon still looked good, so I wanted to point that out. That if you've missed on Williams, you need a a bridge to Trey Sermon. You need a like a late round injection of usability. You can get it from Melvin Gordon. His ADP though on Fantasy Pros was like seventy something. I mean, round like six, seven. No, come on, that's gross. But I don't think I've ever seen him go that high. I don't know why it's that high in Fantasy Pros. Where that ECR is coming from? Nobody ranks him that high. He's not getting drafted that high. Uh, he's, he's a usable guy to get him around like 9-10 type of guy. That's, that's where I'm looking for him. The guy I want nothing to do with anymore, officially on the do not draft list, that's Michael Carter. How far did I bring him down here? Um, he's right here, Michael Carter. I'd rather have James White. I'd rather have McKissick. Like These guys are usable backs. Ronald Jones and Fournette, Like I'd take a stab at that backfield, even though I, you know what, that's maybe where I draw the line. Now, you're drafting Carter. He's going to sit on your bench you're going to hope for him to like a crew upside as the season goes. Cause it is still a very uninspiring depth chart. But the thing is, is like, what are we waiting for here? Seven carries, 12 yards. Woo. One target, one reception, seven yards. Yeah. Like Ty Johnson came in 53 yards, touchdown, 13 carries well above 
Carter. Tevin Coleman got the starters rest. Like this is he's at best third string. He was playing behind Tevin Coleman. I mean, uh, freaking Michael Pirine too, fourth string for Michael Carter. Just don't. There's no he's face planted. He's been maybe the single biggest fantasy loser of this preseason in terms of his value. Nobody's fallen as hard as Michael Carter, a guy I was trying to go out of my way to get in round eight. I don't even want to touch him in round 14 anymore. I'm done with him. I am done with him. But a sleeper is emerging here, and that is Jarek McKinnon. I just want to keep reiterating. It's not the first time I've talked about a lot of these guys, but if it's your first time catching the show, I don't know. He's been looking great all preseason, and yet another multi-purpose day, four carries, 23 yards, a nice 5.8 yards per clip, a nice little burst, one catch, four yards, eh, whatever. But what I saw was a guy going out wide moving into the slot, moving out to the, the X receiver, motioning back all over the place. Jet sweeps, created usage for an explosive weapon that's saying he's felt the healthiest he's felt in in years. I've always been a sucker for the guy, and it's that much easier to be a sucker yet again when he's playing with Pat Mahomes, and he's going to cost you the last round pick. He's, his price is free at this point. As you can see, I have him. Where do I have McKinnon? Ranks. I'd have him right around Boston Scott. I thought, oh yeah, forty nine right here, uh, above Hines. You know, I'd, Hines will be more usable, I guess. But give me the upside of McKinnon all day, uh, especially with Hilaire banged up, you know, the ankle injury, Daryl Williams, the concussion. There's some upside if anything happens to these guys. Don't forget Nate Taylor, our podcast with him saying McKinnon's been dazzling as a receiver. Does things that no no one else on this team can do out of the backfield. The wheel routes they're using him in ways they didn't ever use Clyde Hilaire. So I think that he could have a third down role. That's why I'm a little bit lower on Hilaire than the ECR. I think McKinnon could really, really do some damage here. Now, a guy I, I bumped up big in my rankings is, uh, oh, I, you know, am I showing? Yeah, this is what I want to make sure to share. So I, I've had it like trapped on these rankings without even uh, showing my adjustments. My apologies, guys. Uh, let me just stop this share. I'm going back. Over here, let me bring in real quick the ranking tool. Uh, people probably commenting as you all the comments coming in. Hey, we can't see anything. Uh, so yeah, this shows you you know where I bumped down Carter, uh, where I have McKinnon forty nine overall, um, where I bumped Mostert up twenty four overall. Really feeling him. I'll show you the DAC move. Most of these moves again were already made. Because I, I try to get these real time out to you. Dak Prescott there up at eight. Um, still lower than the ECR. Probably won't be getting much Dak because of it. Now let's go show you what I have bumped up here. That's Cortland Sutton. Oh, what a what a great highlight to see. It was, he plants so strongly on the injured leg. No brace on it, too. That was also nice to see. Plants. Foom, the defender goes one way. He goes the other. Nice. Turns it upfield. Looking great. I, give me him over Odell. Give me him over Robbie. I love Cortland Sutton as a player. Last time he was out there, 1,108 TDs. Teddy Bridgewater finds him in the end zone for a score. Love everything I saw from Cortland Sutton, especially with these drops going on from Jamar Chase. Like, I'm I'm getting nervous to Chase. I really like what I saw from Sutton. Thought he looked as healthy as he has been in years. So bumping him up, I still like Jerry Judy a bit more, um, but Sutton right on his heels. And that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, now this starter thrown to these two monsters, not a guy I want, but again, a, a desperation bridge to a Lance, to a Fields. You can punt the entire quarterback position and still get a decent starter. Like that's why you wait on quarterback. So Sutton, one of the biggest winners, looking healthy, scoring a touchdown. Love what I saw from this guy. Also love what I saw from Mr. LaVisca Chenault. Now, I'm, I'm going to adjust this tier. I'll do this. It's kind of how I feel this tier. Um, but you can see LaVisca Chenault right there, 33, bumped him up. A uh, little below Corey Davis. I talked to John Shipley today. He actually said he wouldn't be surprised if LaVisca's the worst of the three receivers. He thought he's definitely going to be the screen guy. We saw that on that. Yeah, oh, man, did you guys see that 20-yard catch he had? He's just bowling through people. But he didn't think there's going to be that much. He hasn't seen a lot of creative backfield usage. He doesn't bring the speed that Etienne does. So he doesn't know if it's going to be 100% that joker role. Does see a ton of screens being dialed up for the guy. Great chemistry throughout camp. But he predicted it would go Marvin Jones, then Chark, then Visca. I don't agree necessarily. I love John. I, his analysis was amazing. Great interview. 
check it out. But I do think Visca is the guy I want to own among these wide receivers. As I mentioned, though, I do want to bump down uh, a couple of these guys. I'm going to, I said I was going to bump up Judy. I mean, um, Thielen. I think that's okay. The touchdown upside there. Um, I don't want to go too low on Ayuk. I, I am nervous the volume's not going to be there, but like him and Debo are just so explosive. They don't need a ton of volume to do a ton of damage. But bumping him up uh, for sure. I love what I see from Visca. Uh, he's a beast. Now, again, it happened without Jones. It happened without Chark. But I, he's going to have this screen roll, and he's going to just rack up Yak at a beastly clip. Another guy I'm going to bump up a little bit, McCole Hardman. Didn't do anything, really, except be on the field in two receiver sets. Alongside Tyree Kill, they finally had their starters out there, and Hardman was the first one in. So I'm going to get him back into this tier uh, above Ruggs. Probably not above Myers, so I guess I'll still be a little bit lower on him because I, I'm not 100% sold yet. But I am sold on him being the number two for Pat Mahomes based on the early preseason usage here. Meanwhile, Byron Pringle doesn't come in until he's the fourth wide receiver, so I'll bump him below some of these other uh, guys I'm loving as targets. I still think even as a fourth for, for Pat Mahomes, uh, that means Demarcus Robinson probably needs a little bit of a bump up. He converted two third downs. Oh, I don't even have him in here. Like, Yes, Robinson definitely deserves to be in here. I did take T.Y. Hilton, as you can see there, off the rankings given this latest injury. But let's get Demarcus in here. He was the first one in on three receiver sets ahead of Pringle. Um, and again, as I said, moved the chains twice for Pat Mahomes, who just looked so dialed in if anybody watched that game. So I'm going to bump him in here above Pringle. i got to sort through those a little bit later to make sure I have him right. But drop Pringle, bump up Hardman, um, who started again over, over Robinson, over Pringle. And as Nate Taylor said, is destined for a breakout uh, based on how improved his route running, all that goodness is. Um, so check that out. I'm going to bump this tier down just a little bit and bump up um, Tyrell Williams, who's now, you know, no Brashad Perriman got released today. So even more volume for Tyrell. Still, like, it's like, <laughs> you know, analogy of like you're the the heavyweights right you're the skittiest kid in, in heavy fat camp or whatever that movie that line is like is it that great to be the best receiver on the worst receiving core in the nfl maybe not but a little bit bump up for him why not now a guy i do want to make sure to highlight though every single week you've heard me talk about him terrace marshall does it yet again three receptions 43 yards and a touchdown uh, bringing his preseason total to nine receptions on 12 targets, 181 yards, and a TD. I mean, what else does this guy have to do? And now this, what I really like about this performance was everybody was on the field. DJ Moore played, Robbie Anderson played, and Terrace was in there for three receiver sets, most often in the slot, which Sam Darnold, as we've already told you how many times here, 25% target rate to the slot. Last five years, the slot receiver has been his most targeted guy. Now, Moore was moving in there. Moore did see... Six targets, six receptions, 48 yards, and like two drives of action. But Marshall's the one that's scoring. I, I mean, he is a beast. Big, strong, fast, good after the catch, good in the red zone. If an injury happened, good Lord to everybody. You know, he would just shoot up that much more, but he doesn't need to happen. So that's why I have him all the way up here at 49. I'm significantly above the ECR. There isn't a draft I've left yet without him because you can get him in rounds 12, 13. And I'll do that legitimately every single time. Terrace Marshall is just the guy. He's like, he's, he's my guy. I, I will be going for him in every single draft. He's, he's amazing. Again, let me just say it again. Nine receptions, 12 targets, 181 yards, one TD. In about a quarter of preseason action. If you don't go get him, you're, you're nuts. Now, we're, we're trying to get Gary, a little clarity on this Chargers wide receiver three roll. Guyton doesn't play. Does that tell us he's ahead of these two guys? Maybe. Josh Palmer, another five targets, pace in the day, 26 yards. Nothing crazy. He hasn't done any big plays yet, Josh Palmer. Uh, as you can see, I have him, what, right here, 76. Meanwhile, Tyron Johnson, who was amazing last year when, when Allen went down, he kind of had to shoulder number one receiving duties, and he did. He was great. Uh, four Four receptions on six targets, 41 yards, four of them, all four catches going for first down. 
um, all in the first half. So this is becoming a little bit more of a battle. It's such an important thing to monitor. I, I don't have any answers. There's no real movement here right now because I don't know exactly what to do with it. But whoever it's going to be, Keenan Allen has been relatively healthy, but still will miss a game or two every year. Mike Williams, certainly a big injury concern. And this offense, I, I don't think it's going to matter who the player is. Whoever it is that's getting the volume from Herbert's going to eat. Sure, a better talent, like it, it helps. But this is going to be one of those offenses, like you plug in somebody, like Tyron Johnson last year. Nobody knew who he was. It didn't matter. He was top 15 in wide receiver stats over the last four weeks. That could happen very easily, whether it's Palmer, Tyron, um, or Guyton. Uh, Guyton's more of like a field stretcher, serves his role, but uh, – Palmer and Tyron are looking like the two that could be target hogs. My bet's on Palmer, who's now up to nine catches, uh, actually 10 catches on the preseason, six week one, touchdown catch in week two, and then three here, all for about 80 yards and a TD in, in about a quarter and a half of action. Uh, so not the most efficient yet, but just showing he belongs and working every single day with his QBs off the field. And the last wide receiver notes, I wanted to make sure to get to is Emmanuel Sanders. Well, I've been all in on. I'm going to bump him up yet again, back into this tier, above Russell Gage. See seven targets pacing the team. Now, Diggs didn't play, of course. You know, that's going to change things. But led the team in targets. Four catches, 27 yards, nothing crazy. But again, leading the team in targets from Josh Allen. Love to see it but also the way he was moving all over the place in the slot out wide four receiver sets three receiver it didn't matter he was always in no matter what it was now gabriel davis outperformed him five targets five catches 75 yards a td two avoided tackles i mean davis looks really good and so i think he now goes into this tier cuz he'll play all the they play so many three and four receiver sets he'll be out there with beasley with sanders with diggs in those four receiver sets um, cause they use 10 personnel, you know, is about 20% of the time and they're probably going to do it more often, but I love to see too, for both of these guys, Josh Allen plays 18 plays. Guess how many they, they threw it on 17. They know their bread is buttered through this beast. I love that. Brian Dable isn't trying to be cute and force the, the run establishing and all that. It's, they know what they got to do. It's the arm of Josh Allen, who, based on that, you know, 17 to 1, he is by far. Any talk about anyone taking him as the quarterback, anyone else quarterback to, is nuts. That's why, again, I hate taking Mahomes at round three because Josh Allen will go in round five and get you just as much value. So, wanted to cover those Bills guys, a little bit of rise for all of them. And that is it, folks. That's all the updates. Again, tight end, the only update was Irv Smith, who was going to be a riser because of his yak abilities and what we were seeing there. Now, obviously, hurt. So, no other notes at tight end that I can think of. If I'm missing anything, though, please let me know. On to your questions, guys. Let's hear it. What up, Giuseppe? Keeper league this year. Should I keep Gibson, give up a seventh round, or Robinson, give up my last pick? Ooh, that's tricky, Giuseppe. Uh, I wish you could keep them both, right? Start your, your draft with that backfield. The value certainly with Robinson, but part of me is like Gibson could be going in round one next year and you're going to get him for a seventh rounder. I'm a Gibson guy. I, I go with that upside there. Is it PPR, full half, anything like that? I, I'm going to go Gibson as right now. Amari Cooper this year, thoughts on Mixon? Uh, I, I like the value on Cooper a lot. I mean, this guy was leading the league in fantasy points when Dak was in for those five games. Led the league in targets. Uh, had like 45 targets to like 20 for CD Lamb, something of that nature. So he was the clear alpha. I don't think that's going to remain the case. I'd rather have um, CD Lamb this year, but I like Cooper. I, I like him plenty. I think now at this point, most drafters are taking CD Lamb over Cooper, and Cooper sometimes falling around four. Great value. Mixon uh, is screw you again. It's like one of those things. Like, do you want the, the kick to the balls? Because he's probably going to do it. No, yeah. Of all the years, right? There's no Gio Bernard. They, their offense should be that much crazier with Jamar Chase. The line isn't good, but it's better. They've added beef over the last couple of years. Everything's there. Everything's saying he's the best player in camp. That Callahan, the offensive coordinator, I'm not interested in load management. Love all those types of quotes. So he's looking like he's in some great shape for a breakout, Giuseppe. I love it. Got the update about Herb Smith minutes. Oh, so you, whew, 
Dodged a bullet there, tunes. Your team was ridiculous, by the way. Casey Kelly, good to see you. Feel like Dak has the potential this year as well, barring injury. Feel like folks are sleeping on him. I mean, I don't think anyone was sleeping on him. I had him at quarterback four. It, it's the shoulder. That's the, the issue. If the shoulder is fully healthy and he just goes out, he was about to throw for 6,000 yards last year. Like it was the most yards per game ever. So I don't know if anybody's sleeping on that, uh, Mr. Casey, but I, it, I'm just worried about the injury. That, that's the thing is the injury. Smoke should become more valuable once Lance. Yes, exactly. That's kind of what we covered, David, is uh, how wide those cutback lanes are open. And there's nobody more deadly when they get space than, than Raheem Mostert. We've seen it time and time again, him just find a lane and and glide. right, right. Talk about the, the hut knife through butter. Like that's Mostert when he runs. And it was so apparent when Trey Lance was in there for that one play how wide that, that cutback lane was. So that's, yes, 100%. Who do you grab if Swift can't go multiple weeks? It's got to be Jamal Williams. Um, he'll be a future back. So that's why he got a big bump up there too. Why does it seem Raheem Mostert so undervalued? He gets injured, but so does everyone. Round seven, yeah, perfect perfect place for him. Absolutely. By the way, great to have these streams back. Let's go. Z balls, great. I, we've been doing it. But I'm glad you're back for this one at least. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen you, man. Bailey Fields, what up? Trey, CMC away for F. Elliott and Hopkins non-PPR. That's very rare for me to say. That's a fair price when it comes to C-Mac. That's a fair price. I would only do that, though, if if you need the depth, right? Like CMC, in a nutshell, is worth those two guys, which is crazy. They're two studs. It's a first and second rounder for C-Mac. But that's kind of like, okay, would you trade your seventh overall and your second rounder to trade up to one? Maybe. It really depends on the rest of your team. Do you need that depth? Who's the Jets RB to take? Answer, Prebs, nobody. I, I don't actually hate Tevin Coleman as a last rounder. And you can still stash Carter if he fell enough, but he's so high up there in like the early ADPs that he's going to go too early by somebody seeing him up there. Um, so I don't hate Coleman as like, if you're you're waiting for Williams, Javante, or Trey Sermon, somebody to be your number one or your number two, and you need volume early, I do think Coleman's going to see about 10 to, to 15, maybe even 20 carry days if the Jets can get up. That's, that's a big if. Um, so the value I do think is with Coleman, and I don't mind in like really deep leagues taking a stab at Ty Johnson either. Missed the star. Hope I didn't miss much. You can always rewind it, my man, so no worries. Uh, you can catch anything you might have missed earlier. Kenan, White, Scott, or Bernard? I meant to talk about Boston Scott actually too. Uh, hauled in a nice route, just breaks through tackles, 49-yard touchdown, awesome. But Gainwell also looked good. So it's like, oh, I can't go too crazy overreacting there. Out of these four, I like James White. If it's only, though, like I need an upside stash, you know, you don't need to actually rely on this guy, then it's probably McKinnon. But uh, White, I think, is so undervalued, especially if and when we get uh, – Matt Jones under center, and, and he's looked so good. I think it's going to happen soon later. Missed Sutton last year, both in a dynasty. Yeah, he's a huge miss. If you own him in dynasty, Mike, you know how damn good he is. It's why I bumped him pretty aggressively now that I know that he's healthy. Any Ravens pass catcher draftable yet? Honestly, Wes, like Marquise Brown's still not practicing. Bateman's still six to eight weeks away. Uh, Sammy Watkins has been hurt. Like our Andrews is the answer there, and he's the only answer. It's making me a little nervous on Lamar. I'm not going to lie. Like, who is it, it, The whole thing was he upgraded all his weapons, and now none of them are on the field. So that only Mark Andrews is viable. <laughs> and I think he's a great pick in round you know, five, six, but that's it. Is Robbie Anderson a go-to since his college, his former teammate is playing? Should I go get – I love Terrace, uh, but Robbie I have higher because he's still – I can love Terrace and still know that Robbie Anderson is definitely – a bit above him in fantasy and in real life. Um, he'll still be the go-to. I think the rapport already being there with Darnold, like he can go deep. He can – the back shoulder phase is what I like love to see for sure this this weekend. He can do it all. He, Robbie Anderson really impressed me last year. Showed he's a much more complete receiver than I think a lot of us imagined. Marshall Stocks, it really is. And we say that time and time again. We've been saying it for multiple shows and it, his price just really isn't moving, though. Like, it's clear he's more valuable than people are thinking, but they're not adjusting. Get him all day, yeah. You drop Fields for Marshall. Oh, 
Love Justin Fields on the bench, man. That's a tough call. I have them both at like right at 101, 100. Depends on what your need is, I guess. But yeah, if Fields is going to sit there for a bit too, even better, Prebs. But yeah, boss, what up, brother? Great to see you, man. Thanks for tuning in. I picked up Ferkser, hoping he can become something good. I, I think you picked up fool's gold. I'm sorry, Schneider. Not a Ferkser fan. Doesn't play two tight end sets. Doesn't play. He's only. He's very formation specific, and those tight ends have historically been tough. So, my guys, we wrap up here. Please consider giving this a thumbs up if you're liking the content, whether you're live with us or you're catching the replay. It helps get us out to more people, and it's greatly appreciated. Let's continue to ride this out. Hyde Coleman or Malcolm Brown for a waiver wire pickup. <laughs> is kind of what you're asking there, bus. Uh, crap, crap, or more crap. I would say Coleman is like the better bet for volume, um, at least early-wise. I, I don't really like any of them. Brown, I think, is kind of fizzled. That's gone at this point. Um, no need to keep going towards that train. Uh, he was clearly behind Gaskin and uh, what's his fucking name? Salvin uh, Ahmed, who I like probably more than any of these guys. But Coleman would be my favorite of these disgusting options. Uh, how much does how much value does Trey Sermon have? I love Trey Sermon. I do think Mostert's a little more valuable. The clear starters treatment is kind of all I want to see, plus that that cutback lane action over there with Trey Lance. But I, I still love Sermon. And again, Mostert always gets hurt. So I at some point Sermon could and should be the guy. But I, I there's a little I'm a little bit more skeptical about Sermon's injury history. Now that I've learned more about it, but I still think this, it's all about the Shanahan zone scheme, you know, dating back to his dad or Landis Gary, Mike Anderson, like Ruben drones, these nobodies rushing for 1500 yards. Then you give, you know, an Arian Foster, a Clinton Portis, uh, Terrell Davis, these good talents in this scheme, they're running for 2k and 20. So we've seen Steve Slayton, you know, nobody under Kyle Shanahan be a top five running back in fantasy. It's, it's this blocking scheme. When you get the right guy, it's money. And Mostert is the right guy. He's the starter, and he's going to eat for as long as he's healthy. But Sermon's also the right guy. Glove-like fit. They traded up in round three because they couldn't keep watching him fall. So I'm, I am lo- I like Sermon a lot. One of those middle-round running backs I really like targeting. Got CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown starting with CMC Gibson and Najee at flex. I don't think you need to make any deals, Bailey, Bailey Fields. Like – you got everything you need here. You're not. You don't need DeAndre Hopkins and, and Zeke here. You got everything you need. That's a beastly lineup. Bailey Fields. Be be happy with it. White was my last pick. Wonder if I should change it. I, I, I like White. He's very usable. But I saw your squad tunes. Like, is there ever a week where he's going to crack your lineup? Probably not. Um, but there is he going to ever crack somebody's lineup? You don't want to leave him out there for people either. Can Gaskins be trusted? Asked Jimmy Bridges. As a talent, yeah. I mean, he's looked good every time he gets the volume, but even so a couple weeks ago when he blew up, right, in the preseason for two touchdowns, he still only saw 19 snaps compared to 13 for Ahmed, compared to five for Malcolm Brown. They've talked about making a three-headed committee, Jimmy Bridges. So, like, to me, he's a fade. Like, I'm not in on him. I'll go Mostert over him, and, and that's typically not how ADP shakes out. Uh, I'm, I'm not in on Gaskin. We just answered that one for you, Prebs. I do feel good about Sermon. Just uh, already gave you thoughts on that. I do like Trey Sermon in round. Five might be a little early, though, Blue Crew. I think he's falling to like six, seven. I'd be waiting for there, uh, especially where he's, he's behind Mostert. Like round five, if I'm taking a run back, I'm looking for Javante. Even though he might be on Melvin Gordon, I, I have more faith in Javante being a true three down back at some point. Uh, would you rather pick up Ramondre Stevenson, Terrace Marshall, or Geo for uh, end of my bench? <sighs> Terrace Marshall for me. Alex Lynn, I love Terrace Marshall. Mark Gonzalez, what up? Welcome back. Oh, we ain't been nowhere. I've been doing these live streams like crazy, Mark. Welcome back to you, brother, though. I'm happy you're here. I uh, got offered Carson for Gus Edwards. I'd much rather have Carson, yeah. I would take Carson there. Like I like Gus Edwards. If he does what Carson does, you're happy. <laughs> Carson's playing in this new Waldron offense. The Saints, uh, not the Saints, the Rams that made you know Gurley a fantasy monster, merging the pass and the run, talking about how he's been split out wide, 
how it's, you know, the screen game he's used more often. And the, the same report also said they're not interested in the committee. They, they're just riding Carson. All things you love to hear. I have some bye week troubles where White will have to play. So, yeah, keep him around, Tunes, especially if I think you're full PPR. He's valuable, no doubt about it, um, for sure. All righty, guys. Well, thank you so much. Great interaction, great questions throughout. Awesome stuff, guys. I have some big stuff. Would you start Judy or Gaskins in the flex? Give me Judy all day. I don't know the matchups exactly off the top of my head, but give me Judy. Um, I appreciate you guys, though, being here live with me. Again, if you're catching the replay and you liked what you saw, consider subscribing, turning on that bell on YouTube or Facebook so you know when we're live. You can always get your questions answered. We got the big dog, Evan Silva, coming on Wednesday. I uh, can't wait, wait to have him on to talk about his big board 150. We did it last year. I kind of dissected his big board and what he thought was, you know, I thought might be off. Does the same with mine. It's going to be a blast. So be here Wednesday. I believe it's at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Should be fantastic. Uh, and keep your eyes peeled. Tomorrow at latest Wednesday, the guide should be dropping. It's one of those things. If, if you like what we're doing and you want to support us and help us get to that next level, Every dollar that goes to the guide is going to go towards development costs so we can get these stock profiles up for you guys. So if you like what we're doing and you want to help take us to that next level, consider paying 10 bucks for the guide, 20 for the guide and projections. You're never going to find projections that cheap. I wish they could be free, but I just want to make sure we can get to the next level. And then they will be free once we have all the costs taken care of and they're generating their own money with spot, all that good stuff. But guys, thank you so much. You don't need to hear all that, but we're so excited to be continuing to grow. It's thanks to all your help. You can find our podcast at the ffbdpod.com anywhere you listen. That's where you can find your show notes though, for all these great shows. Uh, and next week we'll be back in the regular season action mode where we'll, we'll cover your sit start. Oh, we're, we're getting there folks. You know, school starts today. That means football's on the way. Uh, and, and I'm pumped, but alrighty guys, I really appreciate you being here. Um, thanks again. You can find me at Rotary Wolf, all our content, RotaryJournal.com. We breed and feed fantasy wolves. Find all that also in your app and for the podcast show notes, full fantasy fullback time, pay your path 2021 titles, ffbdpod.com. Um, thanks again, guys so much. And in a world full of fancy sheep, be that wolf later guys. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.